0: In the gripping tales of the supernatural and the inexplicable, our journey begins with a collection of bone-chilling stories that delve into the realms of danger, mystery, and the unexplained. In this episode, Season 8, Episode 8, we present five true scary stories that will send shivers down your spine and make you question the thin veil that separates the ordinary from the extraordinary. The first story recounts a harrowing experience of nearly escaping a relationship turned deadly. Working at a warehouse saint mundane until a friendship took a sinister turn, unraveling a web of threats and danger. Brace yourself for a tale of deception, survival, the haunting reality that some friendships can lead to a dance with the death i was almost a victim of a killer written by scare underscore country It was over four years ago, when I went to work at a warehouse in the small town that I'm from. I decided to leave after my health started to get worse physically, and I was diagnosed with panic disorder and severe anxiety. After the situation that I'm about to tell you. This changed the way that I developed friendships after that job. That's for certain. So, I started this job on April Fool's Day of 2018, which was odd to me, and I had no kind of high expectation of the job. All I wanted was to do my job, get paid, and go home as I had two children at home and many things that I could work on there. The job wasn't hard, and it made pretty good money for all the duties considered, so I really couldn't complain I worked second shift for about five months I went to day shift now while working on the second shift I kept to myself mostly until one day I met someone from one of the lines after we struck up a conversation about gaming for the sake of anonymity and to hide his identity we'll name him JF Well, JF was a pretty good guy, and we had a lot of things in common. I went home that night, and he popped up as a suggested friend on Facebook, again another oddity, so I decided to add him. When I did, we started talking more at work until he suggested that we should hang out, and so he did, pretty frequently. We were friends for a month at this point, And one day he decided that he was going to introduce me to his partner. Now, she seemed decent at first, super nice, didn't seem to be the judgmental type. So I was cool with her. And from then on, I would hang out with him when my kids were spending time with my mother. One time we were talking at a restaurant and he started to vent to me. Dude, she's such a bitch sometimes. The other day, I forgot to take the trash out and she threatened to stab me if I didn't. I've never been in a relationship where someone's threatened me, but she's got good intentions, dude. When he said that to me, I was concerned. But of course, we'd only been friends for a month or so. So I thought maybe he was just morbidly joking. So I chuckled at him. But he gave me a pretty serious look and said, I'm not joking. She really did. And that concerned me. Fast forward about eight months and they're still together. We all hang out pretty regularly, forgetting the things he told me then. But one day, we were all talking and he seemed a little off that day. So I asked him what was wrong in front of her. And he flashed a smirk and said, Nothing, dude. I'm just a little tired. But he didn't have his eyes on me, though. He had them on her when I asked that. When we went to work the next day, I asked him again. Do you promise to keep this between us? Of course, I agreed. He said that he was breaking up with her and that she went a little crazy. He said that she grabbed a gun and pointed it at him and said, if I can't have you then No one will He said that he diffused the situation And that he was trying to look for a way out Not really knowing what to say I just said You'll figure it out man If you need somewhere to go then You can stay with me until you can get her out of the house Fast forward to another year He finally decided to leave her And when he did She flipped out again And this time, he told her over text. She would tell him that she was going to find him and kill him and he was actually out of work that day with a vacation day. He sent me a text that said, hey, let me know if she comes over to work looking for me. And that struck me as odd because I had no idea the situation that was unfolding. Well she actually did come to our job and she asked me where he was at and i said i don't have any idea i I thought he was with you and you guys went out of town or something all she did was roll up her window and drive off i called them and told them that she came by and he called the police about it and they had found her up the road with a loaded gun in the car Two months later, he decided to talk to her again, and when he did, he had something to tell me. And when he called me, he asked if I had seen her around, and at the time, I hadn't. He said, I would take some vacation days if I were you. Dumbfounded, I asked him why, and he said to me, because she's out of jail and her cousins are in town trying to find the people she has personal vendettas with and you're one of them. And at that point, I was terrified. I grabbed my kids and went out of town, took two weeks off of work and come to find out, that next day, her and her cousins went to the next town over and shot three people in an apartment and killed them. I got the news about it the day after it happened. And the reason we knew that they were coming after me is because they made a Facebook messenger group that he was included in and sent a list of names. Everyone regarded it as spam and decided to disregard the message, but he knew what it was. Three of the names on that list were the people that they shot. The fourth name on that list was mine. After they found the evidence and he decided to go public about the group and the screenshots that they had, they were all charged with first degree murder. And from then on, I was very careful about who I stuck my neck out for because even though he knew the context of that list and her intentions, he decided not to inform anyone else on it. Needless to say, we aren't friends anymore. And I dodged a bullet, literally. You never know what a friendship can bring you, whether it be someone you met at work, college, or just randomly at an event. In the case of this poster, he claimed that it was hard to make friends in real life again, only resorting to making friends online for a very long time. So why was he targeted by the woman? What could he have done to have been the fourth person or the next victim on their target list? The original poster never knew why he was on the list. And if he had to guess, It was probably because he was so close to her ex-boyfriend and she probably knew that he told him about her coming to their workplace looking for him. Perhaps she felt that the original poster interfered with her intentions of finding him at work and also the reason why she got arrested in the first place. Another person suggested that the friend could have brought him up to the girlfriend unbeknownst to him during an argument, which could have stuck with her as a reason why they broke up. But one thing the original poster stated, he didn't question it much. As soon as he found out he was a potential target, he got the hell out of Dodge. It was a threat that he could not take lightly. The story of murder would make multiple news outlets at the time in the area they lived in. And for privacy reasons, I cannot disclose the actual location or the article but eventually the culprits were captured in their house hiding a nearby person recording the raid of the home before they would be taken to custody and when asked why he didn't want to stay friends with the guy the original poster mentioned that while he was informed of the list the friend did not inform the three individuals who would end up being killed. And these were people that he knew personally, nor did he try to inform the police of this known information. This obviously did not sit right with the original poster and he essentially lost trust of the ex coworker. Now, as we move forward, we encounter the eerie recollection of a childhood encounter in the vast woodlands of Australia. Lost in the wilderness, a seemingly innocent encounter with a deer takes a sinister turn, leading to a nightmarish revelation involving bone-chilling transformations and a mysterious figure. Join us as we navigate the dark corners of the Australian woods and confront the inexplicable. I saw something morph in front of me as a child, and I think about it every day since. Written by Naza Gaming This happened when I was much younger, so details may be a little shoddy, but honestly I remember it like it was yesterday. I live in Australia, and we don't have much woodlands here besides a few that span on for a couple of hundred acres or so. Nothing like what Americans have, and when I was younger, I'd get lost in these woods a lot, and sometimes even sleep in them for a couple of days, most surviving off fish and creek water. I never had any creepy encounters besides this one time, and I was about 10 years old, and just like I do at least once every two to three years, I had gotten lost in the woods again I was completely fine during the day as I had eaten an hour prior to realizing that I had no fucking idea where I was so I had the old ah shit here we go again moment and decided to walk around to find some sticks to make a little fire I knew a lot about outdoor survival as my family went camping a lot and I watched videos on YouTube all of the time since it interested me and I loved the woods. I had set up a fire as it started getting dark and I was about to put out the fire before I saw a small deer on the tree line, just nearly out of range of my fire's light. and It was staring at me, which gave me some chills. But I just went, ah, little deer and I waved to it. The deer scurried off into a bush behind it and I couldn't see it anymore. Then I heard this really weird noise, like twigs snapping and all of a sudden a much larger deer came out of the same bush I just saw the small one jump into. And at this point I knew something was off. So I stood up and stared at the deer as it stared back at me, and I was mentally preparing myself for the idea that this thing could charge at me. I was a little kid, what the fuck am I supposed to think? The deer started walking a bit towards me and I backed up a little and crouched down. But as the deer kept getting closer and closer, I kept backing up, and I looked down and realized that this fucker had a hoof directly in the fire and wasn't reacting to it at all. Now this creeped me the fuck out. I mean, his fur was burning and it was starting to burn its skin, but it just wasn't reacting. I immediately set off bolting, but I heard it coming behind me, not really running, but fast enough to keep up with my little legs. I came over this small hill and jumped down into a bush to try and hide from it, and that's when it happened. The scariest shit I've ever seen in my entire life, and I remember it so vividly. The deer's silhouette against the moonlight appeared, and as I stared at the deer, it let out this blood-curdling call that I've never heard from another animal before. And all of a sudden the silhouette started caving in on itself. I could hear its bones snapping and flesh ripping. And this thing just kept getting smaller. When then suddenly it got bigger and I closed my eyes because I just couldn't watch it anymore. And when I opened them, there was a man standing where the deer stood, or at least the silhouette of a man. He was looking around, and then started calling out in this creepy, almost distorted voice. Hello, hello. And he repeated this for about 10 minutes while I just sat there in silence refusing to answer whatever the fuck stood just a couple of meters above me. The man then just walked off into the trees. and I heard that same awful snapping noise before it eventually faded away. And I didn't sleep that night. I stayed in that bush the rest of the night, terrified that this thing could still be lurking in the area waiting for me to appear again. Once the morning came, I walked in a straight line until I reached a road I recognized, and then I ran home. I didn't tell my family about it, as I feared I wouldn't be taken seriously, but I was terrified. I haven't been into the woods since that day, and always stayed home when my family went camping after begging them not to go. I'm 21 now, and that incident was 10 to 11 years ago. I still remember that silhouette and that noise of the bones snapping. I've done tons of research, and my only conclusion to what happened is that I narrowly escaped a skinwalker. I'm tearing up from fear as I write all of this, remembering that horrific night. I hope you all enjoyed my retelling, and if anyone has any other explanation on what this could have been, please tell me. Now imagine a world where a smaller kid could vanish into the wilderness for days and the family wouldn't be gripped by panic. Well, the original Posters family was totally fine with their 10 year old venturing into the woods for an overnight stay because they were confident in his abilities to survive, given that they've experienced him taking an interest in camping at a young age. Now this was a regular thing for the O.P. when he was a child. This experience did not happen during his first night out. According to the poster, I'd always tell my parents if I didn't come home, it meant that I was camping out for the night as the woods were only a half an hour walk from my house. However, their joy turned to bewilderment when the child returned home vowing never to camp again after that strange experience, especially since at the time he kept the encounter a secret from them. Now do indigenous cultures like the Aboriginals have an equivalent to this eerie phenomenon? In the United States, it might be termed a skinwalker, a malevolent entity capable of assuming various forms. In the mystic tapestry of Navajo lore, a skinwalker emerges as a figure tainted by the allure of forbidden arts A once respected medicine man or woman now ensnared by the dark tendrils of malevolent magic. This metamorphosis grants them the ability to traverse the boundaries between humanity in the animal kingdom. Legends speak of their duality. They can either undergo a complete transformation, donning the skin, hide, or pelt of an animal, or they can harness the strengths and abilities of their chosen creature. These enigmatic beings, if the tales hold true, aren't confined to solitary pursuits. Rather, they might be contracted by others to unleash curses, inflict harm, or sow the seeds of death upon a chosen target. The murky waters of this folklore stir with whispers of a skinwalker traversing continents, raising eyebrows as to why such a creature might find itself in the Australian bush a land far removed from the arid expanse of Navajo territories. Yet, a faint possibility lingers, an otherworldly traveler, perhaps summoned to pursue a target across the vastness of the globe. Now in this lore, the Skinwalker sheds its animal guise and assumes the semblance of a regular human. The original poster claimed that he treated the encounter similarly to that of an animal being around the campsite, and that was not to run, but to sit still in an effort to avoid chase. The fear lingers and the question remains, would he have dared to re-enter those ominous woods? The answer, a resounding no although a recent relocation back to the surrounding area might nudge him to reconsider. The chilling moment of the silence in the woods when the creature appeared is vividly recalled. Even the cicadas and the crickets, nature's usual symphony had fell silent. A fleeting glimpse of the creature in its human guise reveals a skeletal figure with unnaturally long arms, reaching almost down to its knees. This unnerving tale unfolds in the state of Victoria, amidst the presence of red and fallow deer. The woods hold secrets, and the echoes of that encounter linger, a chilling testament to the mysteries that can unravel beneath the canopy of nature. The third tale takes an unexpected turn on a desolate road late at night. A seemingly ordinary act of kindness turns into a supernatural encounter when a family claiming to be stranded is given a ride by a generous biker. My dad accidentally gave a lift to spirits, written by Unicorn Underscore Biss. This happened to my dad around half a decade ago. He was coming home around midnight from his work on his bike. Now, there is a blind turn on the road, and he saw a family standing there asking for a lift. He stopped his bike and they said, will you help us? My dad asked him how did they end up there so late at night and they replied saying like, oh, we missed the last bus. Now we're just stuck here. My dad asked them where they were headed to and they told him the address of a person saying they are his family. And that family consisted of two kids, their parents and an old lady. My dad was on his bike, so obviously all of them couldn't fit on it. So he told them, like, we can do one thing. I can take these kids and grandma with me. One kid can sit in front of me and another one can sit with his grandma behind me. And both of you, the couple, can walk to your destination. And they agreed. And after coming a halfway through, he felt that suddenly the weight on the bike increased if you have ever rode a bike you know how it feels i won't go into details but back to the story he felt that so he just looked into the rearview mirror and he saw something that made him shit his pants he saw the whole family was sitting behind him which is practically impossible Like, there's just no way that that many people can just sit on that tiny little seat, which is just meant for only one person to sit. Max. He said that when he saw that, his mind was about to explode. So this is what my dad said. I just knew one thing, that I can't let them know that I'm scared, and I believe that if you won't disturb them, they won't disturb you. So I just continued driving and I dropped them maybe 500 meters before their destination, telling them that I had to make a turn there and that they could just walk straight from there. And after this strange encounter, my dad came home as fast as he could. And the next morning he told his great grandmother about what happened and she looked terrified. He asked what happened. And she replied that the person's address that they gave him died years ago. And that whole family died in a car accident on their way back home, on that same blind turn from where my dad picked them up. And that turn is said to be haunted as many people have died there. And when you pass by it, you can still feel some sort of heaviness actually that whole road is haunted there are different points where many people have experienced some paranormal activities i think it was a good thing that he helped those trapped souls reach their destination if you were in his place how would you have handled it In the quiet of night, cautionary tales echo about the perils of offering rides to strangers in unfamiliar places. One such ominous road, shrouded by towering trees with no comforting glow of streetlights, is notorious for its eerie ambiance, devoid of any signs of habitation. Despite the warnings, the original poster's father once found himself on that desolate road, oblivious to the potential dangers. The surroundings seemed deceptively normal. Nothing betrayed the latent threat lurking in the darkness. A to him. This was no ordinary place to pause. Reflecting on the incident that occurred 15 to 20 years ago, a time when trust was freely given, he recalled encountering a family with children. The apparent innocence of the situation led him to lower his guard, dismissing any signs of peculiarity. When the father traverses the same road late at night, a spectral presence seems to envelope specific points. If his car halts at these locations, an unseen force appears to nudge it forward. Alighting from the vehicle to investigate, he discovers that although it feels like someone's pushing his car, there is actually no one there. Now while he remains unharmed, an unshaking feeling persists, a spectral reminder of an encounter that defied the conventional and left a lingering sense of unease on that desolate shadowed road. Now in the fourth story, the unsettling connection between a pair of used hiking boots and a series of nightmarish dreams A seemingly innocent thrift-store find turns into a descent into the realm of the macabre, as debuts become a conduit for horrifying visions that blur the line between reality and the ethereal. I bought used hiking boots that gave me and my husband nightmares, written by a Dame of Thrones. I bought a pair of sturdy hiking boots recently from Goodwill. They were well-worn and monogrammed. They were men's boots and I'm a woman, but I loved them instantly and they fit me perfectly. And every single time that I have warned them, I've had terrible, realistic nightmares. I always have good dreams, and maybe 10 negative dreams total in my lifetime before this. Actually, I haven't had any nightmares. I had an insanely lifelike dream about a burnt black man with a face made of lava showing up at my front door my husband had a dream about the same being that same night watching us through the window i've had two more realistic dreams about black widow spiders burrowing under my skin and i've had other nightmares that have woken me up in the middle of the night and my worst dream before this was like signing up for the wrong college classes. I haven't been able to sleep through the night since I bought these boots. The terrible dreams have only happened on days where I've actually worn the boots. And these are some damn good boots, but unfortunately, I'm tossing them in the trash tomorrow. If you wanna see a picture of these boots, the picture is linked in the description of this podcast. Tell me what you think about this. Since posting the story, the original poster had made an update. I'm pretty sure the boots made me sick. Two days ago, I started crying for literally no reason for about 10 minutes straight, freaking out my husband. I also felt very nauseous and had body aches, kind of like the flu or a bad hangover. I didn't know if it was related and figured it may have been hormones or from lack of sleep. It went away after a few hours. I was planning on sending the boots to the Newkirks at that point because I didn't want them to potentially harm someone else physically. But I still haven't heard back from the Newkirks and... When touching the boots briefly to take that photo, stupid I know, I felt sick to my stomach for about 30 minutes. My husband had put them out on the porch and I felt a bit better after that. Now I'm well aware that it could all just be in my head, but I needed to get rid of those boots if whatever's going on with them was possibly getting worse. I couldn't wait on communication from the museum or just send them a randomly possibly haunted object without speaking to them first. So I shook them out to a redditor user who vowed to take them off my hands. I still haven't had bad nightmares since I stopped wearing them, but I did have a dream last night that my face was breaking out in some kind of stony gray rash. Kind of like grayscale, if you've seen Game of Thrones. Most of the dreams seemed to center around some kind of issue with the face. There was Lava Face Man, the Black Widow spiders in my face, and now that. Now I wonder what that means for the person who owned these before me. And I'm really happy to have gotten rid of these boots. I'm never buying shoes from a thrift store again. And I hope that I can sleep normally now. Now, here's my recap. The boots became a vessel for an ominous energy, prompting a desperate desire to rid oneself of their haunting presence. Now, amidst the turmoil, conflicting advice surfaced. Some warned against burning the boots, fearing the release of trapped malevolence, and others suggested donating them to a museum or dunking them in holy water or just simply setting them outside. And as struggle for a resolution continued, the idea of passing the boots to another willing recipient emerged, albeit with an acknowledgement of the inherent risk. And speculations arose suggesting the presence of black mold spores as a potential cause for both nightmares and physical illness. Now, I admit this would not be the first time I've seen mold being associated with hauntings or hallucinations. Definitely an interesting topic to explore in another episode or Scarecast files. Further examination of the boots revealed a monogram, SBM, corresponding to the initials SMB. Despite investigating local obituaries, No matching records were found, adding an additional layer of mystery to the boot's origin. And looking at the buyer of the boots post, the brave person who took the boots off the original poster's hands, he claims that he has had no nightmares since the purchase of the boots two weeks ago. But perhaps the medication that he takes, which he claims stops nightmares, could be the reason why he has not encountered any weird nightmares. Let's hope he can keep this up. And finally, the narrative takes a familial turn with the man who discovers an uncanny connection between his daughter's dreams and his own past. The reappearance of a mysterious man in their shared dreams raises questions about the nature of these unsettling visions, leaving both the father and daughter haunted by the specter of a man with dark intent. My Daughter is Dreaming About the Same Man I Did at Her Age, written by 5-Minute Dad. From about age 8 through 16, I had this reoccurring man show up in my dreams, always causing harm to others, or chasing me. The locations changed, but were all local places that I knew. A gas station, a relative's home, etc. And I always narrowly escaped. Then the last time I had a dream with him, he was standing over me on the river bank and the cops ran up and got him. He was a man in his 20s with short brown hair, a mustache, light blue jeans, a green and orange flannel and tan work boots. Now flash forward, I'm 42 now and my 10 year old daughter is having the same dreams the only thing different is the location but the description is almost exactly the same except she says that he's old but not grandpa old it's so weird right like i never told her the story or or anything about these dreams so it's creepy that it's happening all over again or am i just paranoid as fuck after some gummies Recounting his dreams, the original poster recalled that the man in his dreams had once pursued him while wielding a knife. Seeking refuge in an abandoned house, the OP could only speculate that the blade was a hunting knife, distinct from any kitchen utensil. And intriguingly, this traumatic event seemed to linger in his dreams. Yet he hesitated to share these details with others, especially his daughter, with whom he has shared similar dreams. The OP refrained from probing her about the man's specifics, avoiding questions like, did he wear work boots or was his shirt orange? Commenters of the post brought up the possibility of the encounter being linked to the phenomenon of the flannel man mysterious entity observed worldwide, both in waking life and dreams, always donned in a flannel shirt. Notably, Massachusetts seems like a focal point with reports of the red-haired man haunting Route 44 in Rehoboth, clad in a red flannel who appeared to be a hitchhiker, who would then be picked up and then would start uncontrollably giggling during the course of the ride. And when the annoyed driver stops the car and turns to tell him to get the hell out, he is nowhere to be seen. He simply vanishes. However, as the original poster delved into the flannel man phenomenon, distinctions became apparent. The OP's encounters were confined to the dream realm to which he was very aware of, devoid of any physical manifestation in his waking space. What the hell is this person they seen in their dreams? Do you have any idea? Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed these true spooky tales. If you have any scary encounters you want to share, email me at mike@thescarecast.com, at or message me on Instagram or TikTok at the scarecast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify, and also share this episode to a friend. As always, be safe out there, and until next time.